Yo, what is up? Welcome to the Whoop and Troop Podcast. It is Troop here. And it's your boy Whoop. And on this podcast, we're going to be breaking down the latest games of the NFL, also our championship predictions for both the AFC and the NFC, well, obviously, and along with the Super Bowl. Um, and then we're also going to be doing some NBA recap of our past few weeks' guest lines and some guest lines for this week's NBA, and also deeper thoughts at the end. But before we get into any of that, we're actually going to be doing another giveaway. We're going to be giving away two uh, $10, so just $20 gift card to Chick-fil-A. Um, and there's going to be two main ways to enter. The first way is by liking the picture that we're going to be posting when after this podcast drops, so you'll see that post. Um, also, commenting on that picture, tagging three people. Um, so those are the two main requirements, and that gets you one entry into the giveaway. And then for a bonus three entries, <laughs> entries, entries, yeah. uh, totaling to four entries, it will be given to you if you leave a review on Apple Podcast. It's super simple. Just go to our podcast. Uh, you can type in whoop and shoot. Yeah, go on our account or one of our latest podcasts, click leave a review. And um, just leave a review and leave your name. It's yeah. super simple. And that'll get you four entries into this $20 Chick-fil-A giveaway. Uh, so, yeah, super excited about that. Don't want to miss out on it. Oh, for sure. Love us in Chick-fil-A. Go there like literally four to five times a week, it feels like sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Especially during work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we're going to be getting into NFL first. Um, so this last weekend was pretty great. We had four awesome. games. Uh, first game was the Rams at the Packers. The Packers, that was first game, right? Yeah, Rams. Okay, Packers, I was making sure I was right. That was that was the first one. It was at yeah. I think it was three forty-five mm-hmm. on Saturday. Uh, the Packers beating them thirty-two to eighteen. A good fight by the Rams, but not enough. This mm-hmm. Packers team is legit, and they showed it. I mean, they're playing in Lambeau. They they yeah. had the momentum. I had a lot of confidence in Aaron Rodgers going into this game, and he performed. Him and Devonta Adams did their thing. Yeah, they kind of controlled the game from the get-go, and yeah, it was kind of win as expected. Yeah. Um. Going into this game, Packers were favored by like what seven or so. Mm-hmm. Six and, and a half, seven. Yeah, and the big question um, was whether or not you know the Rams' defense would be able to contain Aaron Rodgers and this Packers' elite offense. It was like the number one offense versus number one defense, and you know a lot of people's heads were turned um, from how well Ellie's defense played against Seattle, and they're thinking, oh, this is what they're going to do. They can maybe do the same thing against Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team. And that was not the case. You know, uh, Lazard he had four receptions, ninety-six yards, and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers played well. 23 of 36, 296 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, really just playing against his L.A. team, L.A.'s just too one-dimensional, man. Um, and when you play a team like that, I think it's kind of easy to beat. So, yeah, no surprise here. Green Bay takes the dub, 32-18. Uh, so, yeah, uh, they'll be playing the Bucks um, in the uh, NFC Championship now. So uh, that yeah. is gonna, That's an exciting game. I'm excited to watch Rodgers versus Brady. Yeah. Um, but for more on that game, I was gonna say, how many yards did Devonte Adams have? He he had he, he had he, a touchdown, didn't he? I think yeah, I think he had a touchdown, but he didn't have like outstanding. outstanding. Yeah, he had Lazard nine receptions, was, six six yards, yeah. and a touchdown. Yeah, um, Lazard was their big was their uh, big threat. He had four four receptions for ninety six yards. He Every had a drop. Like he had a drop. He also had a drop too that would have made it. A he did their yeah. score game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, credit to this Packers team. They had goals for this game and they filled all of them. They, yeah. They did a great they job defensively. They're looking. Super, no one's talking about their defense, and I think that puts a chip on their shoulder, and you never want to do that to any team. Yeah. And they're playing like it, man. They're playing good. Zadarius Smith on that D-line, uh, Jair Alexander for the cornerbacks. Yeah. They're, they're, they're playing better than what I would have expected, and come playoff time, that's what you need. You need your defense to step up, and they've done that. Yeah. Um, and then, like we said offensively, they've been rolling, and I don't think we just see anyone. No one's going to stop that. Yeah. Um, but I guess we can just move into this Bucks Saints game since it's directly correlated. Yeah, that's All, cool. uh, this was the last game on Sunday night. Uh, actually, a really sad game makes me kind of 
tear up when I think about oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I've loved Drew Brees, man, and I've looked up to him like my whole life. He's mm-hmm. been one of the perennial quarterbacks of my lifetime. And to see his – I think his career is going to end right now. You do. And it's set, I think, yeah, yeah, think he's going to retire. I think it will be Just too. based off every, everything that's been happening. There's just speculation that he might come back, but all uh, – it's all pointing towards he's probably on his way out. So. Yeah, and just injuries, man. Like it's not worth it. He's old. Yeah. He needs to save his body. His, his career has been been solidified. Yeah, he's already been great. I mean, he's he's a top quarterback of all time. I yeah. really did want to see him kind of go out how Peyton did, though. You know, winning yeah. one and then going to and we're not going. He went to a new team and won yeah, another yeah. one. But Drew Brees just winning a second win on his way out. But that won't happen because the Bucks won here, thirty to twenty. Tom Brady, man, he does it again in the playoffs. He never, he's never screwing around when it comes to playoff time. Brady means business, and he literally just—he didn't play actually that good, but he, he, he capitalized on the moments that his defense gave him. Brady really, to be honest, like statistically, it was just more going to be what quarterback makes a mistake at the end yeah. to give away the game. But because like both these defenses are legit, the Saints and oh, the yeah. Bucks both have great defenses, but that Bucks defense really stepped up, forcing Drew Brees to have three ints. Two in the second half, which I'm 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 saying that right. It was two in the second half. Um, I'm pretty sure it may have been yeah. three. Uh, well, he definitely had two in the second half, maybe three that were big. And on all three of those turnovers, the Bucks scored touchdowns. Yeah, there which was... is were great. Like that's exactly what you want as a defense for yeah. your offense to do that. And they capitalized and it changed the game. A 17-0 shift at at the end of the game to go 30-20 mm-hmm. or to make it 30-20. And yeah, I mean, I didn't. I saw this happening for the Bucks. But I don't know. I, th- I saw the Saints with that lead. I thought they were going to be able to, like, finish it off at that point. Yeah, uh, I picked Bucks in this game to win. So I thought, did I. So did I. I thought it was going to be close um, all the way through, and it was. It was 13-13 at halftime. Was, um, neither team had like you know a big momentum um, on their had big momentum on their side until that second half. And, and the big difference makers, you just look at the stat sheet. It was four turnovers for the Saints, zero for the uh, Buccaneers. Both of these teams, like you said, they're they're really good on offensively really good defensively they're uh they're complete on both sides of the ball and just the uh the difference maker here was just those four uh those four turnovers on the saints uh and, and especially that fumble by jared cook it, oh, yeah, i, it I believe it was a tie game and the saints were driving and mm-hmm. he caught that on a th- i think it was a third and two and he fumbled and that bucks defense after that was on fire and the bucks scored off their turnovers from then on and yeah, it, that was a really big shift in the game. I feel like. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to point out was I was happy for my boy Jameis though. Oh, that, <laughs> that was that was a dime, man. Yeah, that was a dime. It made him go up twenty thirteen against his uh, you know, his old team in the playoffs. I was like, I was really happy for. Kind that of game. a revenge game for him, but even yeah. I mean, like even though he wasn't playing in it, he had that one mm-hmm. moment and he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah, so, so uh, I think that bodes well for him in. I know it was only one play, but in getting the job in New Orleans next year. Yeah, maybe just because so. I, I think people were saying that. I mean, they obviously started Taysom, but they were saying that Jameis was going to be the guy for the future. Mm-hmm. Future just like being the next year, I guess. Yeah. And with Drew Brees looking like he is going to head out, um, I I would start Jameis. I would start Jameis over Taysom too. I think he's more of like when you talk about a quarterback, passer. he's more of a complete quarterback. He's um, got an arm, man. You know, I mean, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. What he did at Florida State was, you know, unbelievable. He, I mean, he was great. And, you know, he definitely wait, wait, wait. has the he, was, he was a win- Heisman Trophy winner or finalist? Winner. Oh, he actually won he it? He won in 2013, freshman year. I don't know why I was thinking yeah. someone else wanted it over him. That must have been my Yeah, his, his freshman year won yeah. Heisman, won the Natty. and then um, But, yeah, just a big question mark with then James. He just, butt, then he got some butter on his fingers from them crab legs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. But th- he had, like, you know, 30 for 30 last year, 30 INTs, 30 touchdowns. And, you know, he's he's got all the talent in the world. I would start I would start Jameis if I was uh, the Saints. Um, just the big thing with him was just – 
the turnovers. If yeah. you can keep that down, I think he's definitely the guy I would start over Taysom. Taysom's good. You know, he knows the offensive uh, game plan, knows the schemes. They know how to work uh, Taysom perfectly into the system. But if you want a quarterback who's like like franchise guy, a pocket passer, like you said, somebody who's complete, um, a more complete passer, I think Jameis is the way to go. Also, I think the Saints team, they're kind of – oh, not kind of. They are a run-first team and like small throwing team. The Bucks yeah. was literally like – such a gun heavy, like we're just throwing the ball down the field. We're going for it. Like they were a high scoring team that year when he was throwing all those picks. Yeah. So I think in a Saints offense where it's more toned back, more screen passes to Kamara, more handoffs to Kamara, it's like six yard, more, more slants to Michael Thomas, yeah. who we'll get to when we talk about the Bucks, but played like absolute dog in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it comes out he had an injury, which whether I think it was true, but obviously he's going to say it after a loss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this I think he'd fit better in that Saints team. So do I. And I, I'm excited to see if he actually does get that opportunity. But to the Bucks, like we were talking about, Michael Thomas got clamped up, and this defense played spectacular. Linebackers um, especially. Devin White coming back was awesome. huge. Awesome. My boy. I mean, he went to LSU, as you know. Yeah. Uh, he was great for us, and I knew he'd be a fantastic pro. He was snubbed uh, for, like, you know, the Pro Bowl team. Yeah. He, he just uh, played amazing. I mean, he was literally uh, – I think he was the number six pick a few years yeah. ago. He was, he's like that. And Levante uh, David, all those guys. They're – yeah, they got They're two. Nasty, man. Both those linebackers are really good, and oh, yeah. uh, also got Nadamik and Sue. Mm-hmm. And um, veteran. Is it what was his name? I'm gonna look it up. Uh, I don't want to miss say his name, but you you can give your opinions on the Bucks going forward. Oh yeah, so the Bucks will be playing the Packers in this upcoming game. Um, like we said, they're. Levante David, you know, David Devin White, they're, they're, they're great linebackers right there in the core, and I think those two guys will kind of be the X factor um, going forward against this Packers team because I think if they come out and they set the tone. Uh, you know that you know they play really well. I think that'll kind of like filter filter over to the offense, and uh, I think you could see the offense having a big game based off of how this defense plays. Because uh, you know this Packers offense, they're great. They're really good. Aaron Rodgers, Lazard, uh, obviously um, Devontae Adams. They're going to come out. They're going to do their thing. But if this if this uh, Tampa Bay uh, defense can force turnovers and do the same thing they did against the Saints team, I, I see the Bucks winning this. Uh, winning against the Packers because I don't think the uh, Packers uh, defense is, you know, I, this is just my prediction. They very they very well well may stop the Buccaneers offense, but I just don't think they will. I don't think uh, I don't think they'll stop their uh, run run defense. Um, I mean, the Rams ran, you know, for a good bit of yards against the uh, Packers this past week on like 19 carries and they ran for like 96 yards. That's like 5.1 uh, per carry. Um, you can run on this Packers uh, defense. So I, I see – the Tampa Bay offense coming out, um, really pounding the run. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and I think it'll just be a complete overall good game by this Buccaneers team against this Packers team. I I, I picked before um, before the playoffs even started, the Bills versus the Packers in the Super Bowl. But now that I'm thinking about it with this Buccaneers versus Packers team, I feel like I'm going to go with the Buccaneers just because they're playing, I feel like, a little bit better all around. I think they probably have a little bit better all around team because their defense is uh, better than the Packers defense. And then obviously offensively, they've got uh, tons of weapons all around them and, um, you know, veteran quarterback uh, Brady, but it's going to be fun to watch Brady versus Rogers. I mean, it's really a toss up game. Just uh, I think I'm going to go with the Buccaneers though. Yeah. Uh, I like this Bucks team a lot into the corner. I was going to talk about was Sean Murphy bunting who had that big pick yeah. took it all the way down to the three. Yeah. And then also uh, what's his name? Uh, where'd it go? Something Ward? No, it's not Dave. Uh, Carlton Davis. He was the other corner yeah, who, was, who was also yeah. on uh, Michael Thomas, yeah. and uh, literally zero receptions, zero yards. They absolutely clamped him, clamped up. him up. And 
I think that's actually a big thing for the Bucks because one thing you could say is they've gotten burned a few times. Like their uh, secondary's kind of gotten mm-hmm. embarrassed, and they've been in some shootout games because their defense just couldn't play. But this past week, they really did play, holding the Saints pretty high-powered offense to, under, yeah. to only 20 points. That's something you definitely had to see. Um, yeah. And then, like with you said, with the Packers-Bucks matchup now that we have in the NFC Championship game, I'm a little conflicted because I this is you know Aaron Rodgers has been 0 and 3 in his last NFC Championship games, mm-hmm. which is a really big glaring stat to me. Yeah, like 0 and 3, that is awful. And he's favored here. It's a Bucks minus a Bucks, sorry, Packers minus three against this Bucks team mm-hmm. um, at home in Lambo, which is big for him. Yeah, and so it makes me tough to pick against him. But how hot this Bucks team is. Yeah, and I this was actually um, earlier when we made our playoff picks in like week eight. Uh, based off how things were, I had the Bucks upsetting the Packers when they met them. I think it was actually in the second round, but now it's in the, the NFC Championship game. And my initial picks, I had Packers Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to the Chiefs and the Bills yeah. later, but I'm taking Bucks, man. Um, yeah. I I rode them last week against the Saints. I'm going to ride them again. I really think how, like I said, how hot this team is defensively yeah. and offensively, how they can capitalize in big moments. I can't pick against Tom Brady in the postseason, so I'm picking Bucks over Packers. Yeah, and I agree. They're, they're my bid to make it to the NFC for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was watching um, ESPN the other day, and I, I forgot whether whether it was first take or what what show it was. But a guy made a really good point, and he said, and I mean, it's kind of obvious. I think anybody who watches NFL kind of understands that. But just for people out there who are like, oh well, you know, the Packers are like have a better record than the Buccaneers. They've been playing, you know. You know, there's on paper a better team or whatever based off of what the record shows. And what the guy said was NFL is just based off of how you're playing in the moment and um, how hot you've been lately. And right now the Buccaneers have been the hotter team, in my opinion, on both sides of the ball than the uh, Packers. And I think you'd probably agree. Mm, And and I think that's probably why we're both going with the Buccaneers over the Packers here. So, yeah. Um, But uh, moving on to the next game, it was the – we can talk about Bills-Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll actually – Bills-Ravens is the night game on – Saturday. On Saturday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're we right. skipped and went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're right. My bad. But, uh, yeah, Bills-Ravens, that game surprised me a lot. I saw this Ravens team. I believe I picked the Ravens. Yeah. I, I initially had the Bills um, in the AFC Championship game, but I was just so high on this Ravens team because I've been picking them week after week to do big for me, and they mm-hmm. kept letting me down. And then at the end of the year, they started getting hot, and yeah. their defense was looking great, and their offense was rolling. So I was like, oh, yeah, they're doing like <laughs> I said they would. And All then they get that train. big first-round win against train. the Titans. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, Ravens, yeah. you better turn up at the Bills. And then they lit a stinker, an absolute stinker. I mean, Justin Tucker, a perennial Pro Bowl kicker, clanks two up, right? After that man. happens, I was like, they're screwed. Yeah. If you're ever in a playoff game and you're you're scared of your kicker and you're like it's supposed to be a great football mm-hmm. team, you're just like, well, you lost. Yeah. That, that changes the field to you only can go for touchdowns. Right. I mean, you can still kick, but you just don't have confidence in mm-hmm. it. So it that was huge. And then – I mean, the Ravens had the ball in the Bucks' red zone five times. Crazy. Five times and came away with three points. Yeah, I mean, we three were – Three singular points. We were at Wild Wings, and I said – I think I made a comment. I said, this game's going in the favor of the Ravens as far as pace goes, and it was like 3-3 at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Ravens had 340 yards in this game to the Bills' 220. The Ravens 
outplayed this Bills team. Just the big thing. I mean, the Ravens held the Bills to 32 rushing yards. Um, you know, Josh Allen had a nice game, and so did Stephon Diggs. Uh, but they're going to do what they're going to do, and that's where they got most of their offense. But and but, they they didn't even have that nice of a game. They barely scored exactly. that much. Exactly. Just the they, big thing was the was the Lamar INT. Yeah, exactly. Huge. And that Lamar, that pick six to the guy who had literally got hit in the face of the combine, that little receiver, uh, like you know when they run straight yeah. down, and they catch the balls, yeah. and like you have to turn your head, and he got doinked in the head. He became a meme for that. <laughs> and now look at this guy. Yeah. He just had the game winning pick six. 101 yards, tying a record, but game changing. But, but game, before that, the Bills' defense won this game. It wasn't. I mean, Lamar Jackson going into this game was yeah. um, in the red zone, 46 touchdowns, zero ints, and he's like that. That's a great stat. Yeah. Um. Same for Josh Allen. I think he was like 42 and zero, mm-hmm. uh, pretty similar. But Lamar was great in the red zone, and then five times they come into the red zone and they come away with three points. Like I said, yeah. Uh, it should have been nine technically because. The two missed field the goals. The two missed field goals. So that, that does really suck for him. But then the pick and then the turnover on downs, yeah. th- those are accountable for him. I mean, it, in red in the red zone, in playoff games, you cannot dance around. You have to get in the end zone. And especially yeah. when you're playing a high-powered offense, like you said, with the Bills, and anytime they can score, you got to be ready to put points on the board. And this Ravens team just got absolutely shut out by this defense. Um, they stepped up when they needed to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, really big credit to the Bills defense who stepped up when I really didn't think they would. For sure. That INT was the game changer right there. You know, it was 10-3 to 3 at the time. Exactly. They, Ravens they, are driving. They, they kick they the field goal. It's 10-6. Yeah, it's, t- tie the game up. They've been stopping the Bills' uh, run run game all, all day long. Then, you know, the Bills become kind of one-dimensional in that sense. And then you just got to try to contain uh, Allen and Diggs at that point. And um, I would have probably had confidence in the Ravens winning that game if they had tied it up because, uh, you know, the Bills' defense, red zone defense, had been playing well all along. But I just think it was more of just uh, missed opportunities. Like you said, yeah. the two field goals and then the INT. Like, those things aren't, like, supposed to happen. The Ravens were able to move the ball in this Bills' defense, and uh, they just they just ended up not converting Bills' uh Cornerback came up clutch and uh, then Lamar Jackson gets hurt for a full quarter and they can't even. Yeah, that too. Like they had a full. Those are two or three drives they couldn't do anything on because they have a backup in. Yeah, I literally thought it was Brent Hundley, but it was actually a different Hundley. It was Tyler. Yeah, Tyler Hundley wasn't even the guy who I thought it was, but yeah, I mean the Bills only scored a touchdown and a field goal in this game. They had they had another missed field goal, but. I saw a uh, stat or not a stat. It was. I mean, it is a stat. It was kind of like a meme. It was a. Josh Allen to uh, Bills wide receivers. It was like 165 yards and a touchdown. It said Lamar Lamar Jackson to Bills uh, to the uh, Lamar Jackson to the Bills offense was like 101. Bills defense. Bills de- well, yeah, I know you're. Yeah, saying. Bills Bills defense was 101 yards or uh, yeah, I whatever. Got you. But like to their off, like to like their points overall. Because yeah, so gotcha. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, like, round of applause for loops out joking. Yeah, I was trying. I was, I'm trying to remember off the. Uh, off the off the dome, off the dome, and um, yeah, it was like what it said was. It was I, I got it. Was, you it not, another round of applause for trying to re-explain his <laughs> very basic joke. I, we all got it. We all got it. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, the Bills only scored yeah. ten points as an offense. Had to let seven from their defense. Uh, that they really. I'm not saying they underperformed, but this Ravens defense did their job. If you told me the Bills yeah. only scored ten points, I'm like, oh yeah, Ravens all day. And it, like for, the Bills offense. Sorry. Yeah, I would like come on. No way the Ravens lose, and they still did. Yeah. Uh, so sucks for them. But to move on to the Sunday AFC game, this one was a little crazy. The Chiefs barely yeah. etch out the Browns, twenty-two to seventeen. Um, this Browns team really resilient here. They could have easily won this game if they didn't fumble out of the back of the end zone, which gave them a touchback. Really huge game. Yeah. I mean, huge play. Now that we look back at the end of the game, um, but 
I got to give a lot of credit to Baker Mayfield and just this Browns team for stepping up, uh, playing a big game in Arrowhead. They they didn't let the lights get too bright for them. Mm-hmm. They they played against what could be the Super Bowl champions this year, and they played them to where they kind of almost should have won the game without that, for like sure. I said, that touchback. And then especially with Patrick Mahomes getting hurt, I believe in the third quarter. Uh, yeah, it was third. Yeah, middle of the third, something like that. And having Chad Henney, who looked like a – I don't even – like garbage. Henny time. Yeah, Henny time. It, no, I never wanted to be Henny time because, boy, yeah. he doesn't have me nervous out there. He didn't. We didn't want him to do too much. And then he's like, you know what? I'm I'm a Patrick Mahomes. I'm gonna show him my cannon. And he throws the worst pick <laughs> I've was, seen. And like was so stupid. A while. I mean, literally, there's a, a safety waiting back there. Like, come on, throw it deep. And he yeah. just lobbed it straight to him. I'm like, what was that? Yes, it was. And awful. so after that happened, I was like, oh god, I sure hope the Chiefs defense can stop them because. There is no way this offense is going to do anything. Yeah. And then the get down, it's a third and 13. We're simulate to the end of the game. Um, it's a five-point game still. And then he gets that run on third and 13, and he's like he's a nuts. yard short. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay, he actually did something good. <laughs> that was the first good thing he's done yeah. this entire game. Okay, let's see, let's see if they're just going to punt it. And they go for it. And – Literally, I really, when I was watching it, I, I didn't think they were going to go for it. I thought I, they were I just thought, doing a hard count, draw them off sides. Nah, with how Chad had even playing, with how their offense had looked, which had been terrible, I was like, there's no way they can run a play right now because yeah, they're probably not going to get it. Yeah. And then they wait and they hike it like five seconds. And it, it was actually a really great play call. It really was. Uh, yeah. Tyreek Hill was wide open. I mean, why would you not throw to your best receiver? Um, and – he put it, Chad Henney put it on a dime. He put it right where he was supposed to. Guts and Tyreek Hill falls right, falls down like he's supposed to. Yeah. And everything went as planned. But I really just have that game had gone. Like Patrick getting hurt. I was like, I mean, shoot, everyone and their mom had money on the Chiefs. Like, who did not think the Chiefs would win this game? The line was literally 10. It actually went down to, I think, eight and a half or maybe eight to seven and a half range when the game started. But no one saw that, no saw this coming. But when Patrick went down, I was like, hmm. Some some BS is about to happen. The this Browns, the Browns are gonna win this game yeah. off of some crap like this. And I was pretty yeah. I was impressed with how the Chiefs handled the game with the circumstances. Yeah, um the Chiefs, you know, Chad Henney came in and you know he threw that bomb, which was like stupid, and the interception and all that. And I'm like, holy cow, this Brown this Brown team's gonna end up winning. And I mean, I said uh I thought the Chiefs would win by seven. You're telling me you thought the Chiefs were gonna blow out the Browns. I thought this Browns team, you know. Watching this game, they had three drives, like, in the first half, like, alone. Um, I'm probably wrong on that, but it felt like that because the Chiefs took so long, so methodical, and uh, they scored, like, on three possessions. On all three of their first drives, the Chiefs scored, and, like, holy cow. And then, you know, the Browns, they had their three possessions were – I mean, they were solid. Like, they, they were in Chiefs territory. They scored, like, three points. And then um, I can't remember what happened the second time, but, like, all three times they were, like – in Chiefs territory. So they were moving the ball. I'm thinking, well, this game's not as lopsided as what the score's showing. It was like 19-3 at the time. And, you know, the Browns score, and, like, okay, it's 19-10. And then as the game goes on, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, and then he's out the game. And then out of nowhere, it's 22-17. You're like, holy cow, this Browns team has a shot. So credit to Baker Mayfield. Credit to this Browns team. You know, they got a promising future going forward. They played great against this Chiefs team. Just the Chiefs, um, you know, they held on. And I think that they're the better team in the Browns here. Um, I'm glad to see the Chiefs win. Uh, hope Pat Mahomes. I think Pat Mahomes will end up playing. Do you think he'll end up playing against? I think the Bills? he will. I think he'll tough it out and play. I think he. Should, I, I hope he does because if he it, doesn't, I'm he taking Bills by ninety. Yeah, I got. I got the Bills either way, but I think the Bills will uh, win pretty handedly if uh, Mahomes doesn't play. But even if he does, I still got the Bills. But I hope to see him play. But uh, 
yeah, solid win for the Chiefs here and uh, solid effort from the uh, this Browns team. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm really conflicted on who to pick in this Bills-Chiefs game. We already made our picks for Packers-Bucks. We both took the Bucks, mm-hmm. But for this game, I – I had Chiefs, like I said, I had Packers Chiefs in my Super Bowl, and I went against my NFC pick, and I really want to go against my AFC pick just based off how Patrick Mahomes got hurt and how they didn't exactly look incredible. They looked okay, Um, but neither did the Bills team. Um, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to go Chiefs if Patrick Mahomes is playing, if he ends up not playing or is taken out Mm -hmm. even for a quarter or two quarters, you can just – Put every single dollar you have in your bank account on the Bills because I yeah. know this Chiefs team will do nothing without Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going to stay with the Chiefs. Yeah, the thing that concerns me about the Bills is I had Bills Packers. I went against, you know, what I uh, picked before the playoffs started and I picked Bucks over Packers. I'm going to stick with the Bills here because I really like them. And I think whenever Allen and Diggs get hot and this offense gets hot, nobody can stop them. I don't care if it's like, you know, the Rams defense, the best in the league. I don't think anybody will be able to stop them. Just the thing that concerns me is this Bills defense. Twice now you saw against the Colts, uh, the Colts were able to, you know, get into the uh, Bills territory like almost every drive. Saw it with the Ravens, just missed opportunities. And I don't – I think – if you let the Chiefs do that, they're going to convert. I mean, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to miss their opportunities, especially if Pat Mahomes plays. So I don't see this Bills team stopping this Chiefs uh, offense unless, you know, turnovers happen. So that's something that scares me. And then the Chiefs the Chiefs defense is better than the Bills defense. I think this Chiefs defense will be able to contain uh, Allen and Diggs a little bit better than what the Bills defense can do with Pat Mahomes. But the thing I, – I don't know. I'm just not going to go against uh, – what I said earlier, I'm just going to uh, stay with the Bills here because they are my Super Bowl pick. I had them beating the Packers in the Super Bowl, so I'm just going to keep the Bills because I don't want to go against it. But I would not be surprised if the Chiefs win this game. Um, it's gonna, especially, they're both going to be great games. Yeah, they're, like, they're both going to be, be great one possession games. I think. Yeah. Um, just so the Bills excited. defense. It just concerns me, man. I, I don't know if they'll be able to stop uh, Pat Mahomes, especially if he's playing. It's going to be exciting to see. And uh, yeah, this has been our uh, NFL recap of the past week and also our predictions for championship weekend we'll be coming with uh, obviously our super bowl pod well that's going to be a nice one yeah probably do a full nfl recap but yeah now a quick break before the nba part of this podcast and we're back for the second part of this podcast we're going to be doing nba guest lines chandler leads 2-0 now um in the series yeah, yeah in the series overall he won 2-1 at last week uh and now it, he's 2-0 He's up 2-0 in the series, so we'll be getting to that. Just before that, I was going to read some uh, NBA headlines, some stuff going around the league. Uh, Kyrie's back. He said, you know, in a uh, press conference interview today, he said, happy to be back, happy to be around these guys, address the team, address everybody that needs to be addressed. Now it's time to move on. And he just said, happy to be back. So, uh, a reporter asked and was like, saying, can you give us information about, like, what went on and why you were, uh, you know, gone or whatever. And he was just basically saying, like, it was just for personal reasons, family matters and stuff. He doesn't want to go past that. So, yeah, we'll, we can expect to see Kyrie back um, in full form, back playing with the Nets. And uh, it'll be exciting to see you know, he, him make his debut like with uh, Harden and Kyrie. See how Harden those, and Katie, yeah. Harden and Katie, yeah. See how those three guys all work together. Um, some more stuff. Uh, uh, Blake Griffin, over the last six games, um, this has actually been very surprising. He's averaged 11.2 points per game. 6.3 rebounds per game, five assists per game on 35% shooting and 23 per, 23% from the three. That's been pretty bad. I mean, that's not yeah, been good at all. Yeah, 11 points. That's yeah. awful. Yeah, like. so uh, that's been very surprising to me. I thought he'd be a guy around like 16 and eight or something, but 
shooting a lot better from the field. Another guy on the opposite end, Paul George this season, he's been averaging 24.8 points per game, 6.2 rebounds per game, 5.1 assists per game, 1.2 steals per game on 51% shooting from the field and 51% from three as well as 92% from free throw. So that's been uh, really surprising, uh, good for him. This Clippers team, they're going to be – they're going to be a team to watch out for. They're the second best team in the West. And if, uh, Easily, Paul, yeah. Yeah, if Paul George keeps playing like this, uh, you know, he'll obviously be an all star. But uh, it's been a nice back, been a nice bounce back uh, season from, you know, how, how he did and how he performed in the playoffs. So, yeah. And then just a random stat I wanted to read Kevin Garnett is the only player to play against the 72 and 10 Bulls and the 73 and 9 Warriors. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, shows uh, how it shows his longevity. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, just to make a comment on some of the things you said that PG. Um, I'm glad to see him doing well mm-hmm. and shutting up all the haters who constantly just bring negativity towards his name. Like literally, there are Paul George game winner compilations that have been hit on him Gosh. that are like 12 minutes long because my and, boy Dane. Yeah, that and it's just poor PG sometimes, man. Yeah. So I'm glad to see him doing well. And then with Blake Griffin, a stat I had to counter that. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Grant is averaging 26 and eight right now. Yeah. Um, he is he signed with them this past year, leaving the Nuggets, and he kind of took the number one role from Blake, and it is showing. Um, the Pistons team is not that good, mm-hmm. um, but I'm glad to see Jeremy Grant doing well yeah. and actually having some success as a lead option guy. I saw a stat on uh, Jeremy Grant. Um, he's doubled his statistics from last year to this year. It was like – That's pretty crazy. He's averaging, what did you say, 26 and 8? Yeah, I think it's 26 and 8 or 26 and 6. At the like time that. with the stat, it was it was um like 24, 6, and then 2. And his stats last year was 12, 3, and 1. He literally doubled his stats in every like major yeah. statistical – statistical category points assist rebound so it was pretty nuts but uh yeah so we're gonna be doing you know guess the lines we're picking our five uh the top five games we think from today's games and then tomorrow's games there's two games tonight yeah we're so actually, we're, we're actually gonna be doing both of those games mm-hmm. uh four guest lines it's the thunder at the nuggets and then the pelicans at the jazz uh so yeah chan if you want to go first about thunder nuggets what's your predictions on yeah that? well yeah. we there was actually i think like 12 or 14 games to pick from in total um, with today and tomorrow, but we just stuck with the two from today because they're already happening today, and then we're going to pick three from tomorrow. And the other three we're going to pick from tomorrow were the Nets at the Cavs, the Celtics at the Sixers, and then the Grizzlies at the Blazers. Yep. So to start us off for today, we've got the Thunder at the Nuggets. Um, this Nuggets team is 6-7. Six and seven. The Thunder are 6-6. Six and six. The Nuggets are – the Nuggets, sorry. The Thunder are really trying to tank, actually, because they have nothing. They're – I mean, not trying to tank, but they're not, like, trying to win or anything. They traded away a bunch of players. They've gone super young. They're investing in their future with a ton of draft picks. You've seen what Sam Price has been doing at their GM. He's made it very obvious and open to the fact that they're not trying to win now. They're for winning the future. But they're still 6-6, six and six, which is kind of impressive. That boy Shea turning up. Yeah. Uh, but with the Nuggets, um, their record doesn't represent it, and that's because their defense hasn't been there. And I think that's a mm-hmm. lot in part to because Jeremy Grant left, like we said earlier. Yeah. And just a lot – I don't know. They, they kind of peaked in the bubble. They were one of those teams like the Heat – that really turned up in the bubble and played out of who they actually were is in what I believe and yeah. it is showing. Um, because they are six and seven, they were a three seed in the no, not a three seed. They were a they were three. The Nuggets were the three. They were a three seed. I'm pretty pretty positive because the uh, four five was the uh, Thunder and Rockets, and then the six yeah because it was three Nuggets. Yeah, you're six right. You're right. Jazz. You're right. They were a three seed last yeah. year, and they actually played really well in the playoffs. But I I don't know if they're really that good. I. I think, I think, um, I think, um, you know, I think that team last year was a lot better than this team this year. Defensively, I think they were a good bit better. Um, somebody, I heard somebody saying something about don't be fooled with Jeremy Grant being gone and thinking like this, this, uh, Nuggets team was 
all that great last year defense uh, defensively. They weren't that great uh, last year defensively, and uh, they didn't really like get much worse. They got worse, but not as much as you think it would be based off their record shows. So I was kind of like confused on that because I'm thinking, well, this team, you know, they were pretty stout defensively. I just think what kind of overshadowed it in the playoffs was just the explosion from Jamal Murray, and you're not seeing him perform exactly. on that same level. And he, so far. and he was one of the people I was targeting when yeah. I said played out of who they actually are. People expected him to be that 26 per game guy while yeah. he was in the playoffs, but he's only he's gone down to like a 19, 18 point per game guy, and he's just not, inconsistent. He's not, yeah, he's not had the effect that he had in the bubble, um, which is definitely shown. So. Although I say all those things, Jokic just put up career numbers. He's like number two in MVP voting right now. Averaging like, like a triple double as a yeah, center. He's averaging he, 25 there, on the dot. Yeah, there was like a, a span of like a few games. I think it was like four games where he was averaging 30. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's played crazy, but I think it's a lot in part because they've been playing high scoring games. So Jokic just had to put up crazy numbers um, because they have no defense, like we said. Right. Uh, I still think this Nuggets team isn't bad, though. They're probably going to be a five seed in the West, if I had to guess, maybe a six seed. Um, so I'm going to go Nuggets. Win the game by five here. That's my guess. You're saying Nuggets by five here. Um, I'm going to go Nuggets by seven. I see them winning a little bit higher scoring. Um, you know, Thunder, they're six and six here. Uh, and like you said, Nuggets are uh, six and seven. Just I feel like this game being pretty high scoring. Neither defense I feel like is going to stop uh, either as offense. I just think the firepower and the star uh, star power that the Nuggets have will just kind of um, – We'll just kind of overpower this Thunder team. They're just a better overall team, even though they're weak defensively. Nikola Jokic has been having a career year, and then uh, they're just a better overall team. So, yeah, I'm going Nuggets minus seven here um, over this Thunder uh, team. So, yeah, moving on to the next game, we have the Pelicans at the Jazz. Uh, This Pelicans team, you know, I was watching them against the Hornets a couple of nights ago uh, whenever, you know, LaMelo Ball versus Lonzo Ball. Not many games are on. TV right now nationally because it's the start of the season. Uh, and this, watching them, they just not, never, not, not yeah, to yeah, cut you ahead. off, but uh, I'm getting, I have the league pass. So if you want to have my login, we can, we can share. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty dope. So I, yeah. watch all, yes, watch all yes, our yes. Sixers and Blazers games yes, because sir. sadly our favorite teams don't get on TV for us. Oh, no, it's ever, really. It's irritating with the Blazers. But yeah, I'll definitely do that. But, but uh, yeah, this Pelicans team, they're five and seven right now. They haven't really been able to find a rhythm you know, offensively or defensively for that matter. You know, they got when you look at this team, they've got tons of uh, star potential, young players. And I was saying it like, you know, two podcasts ago, I really want to see Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram in the pick and roll. You know, Lonzo Ball, you know, I feel like people are saying like, hey, just keep on giving him some time. He's going to develop into the player like a Jason Kidd or something like that. But I just, I'm just not buying it. I really want to see Brandon Ingram turn into a like a point forward role, kind of like a – you know, a Ben Simmons or something like that, you know, a tall, tall guy. He, I mean, he handles the ball well enough. His playmaking isn't uh, there yet, but that's something that can grow. But he's an elite scorer right now. And I think that – I think just a pick and roll with him and Zion will just be like, you know, in the clutch when you need buckets because they play a lot of, like, close games. I think that's just something you can turn to and rely on uh, with those two guys. Because when you watch these games, they have nobody they've, like, really like – or no, like, significant play that you rely on. It's just more of just, like, Brandon Ingram having a shot – you know, creating a shot or, or something like that, but it's nothing like, you know, drawn up or something you can like really just rely on. So, yeah, I'm taking this Jazz uh, team over the Pelicans tonight. I, I think they're going to win by like eight or nine. They're at home. They're nine and four. They've been playing very solid. They're like, what, probably the third or second seed in the West based off of what the standings are right now, being mm-hmm. nine and four. You know, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, this team, um, they're, they've been about the same as the past three years. They're, they're going to be a solid playoff team. They're going to be a playoff lock. 
Um, Donovan Mitchell's an all-star caliber player. Rudy Gobert is too. And they're just, uh, you know, they're playing solid. So uh, I'm taking this Jazz team uh, by eight. I'm going to go by eight. Yeah, uh, I think this Pelis, no, Pels. This Pelicans <laughs> team has been really inconsistent. And I do see that turning around, however. Uh, Van Gundy is their head coach. He's a, he's a good coach. He's a player's yeah. coach. He, I think defensively he's known to be good in the past, and I think he can make this team good. I mean, they have Steven Adams, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. They've got some pretty good defenders. They're solid. Um, Lonzo Ball, they, Eric Blitz, they can make things work with this team. I definitely see that, see them having a chance of being at least an eight seed in the West. Uh, but like I said, they just got to continue to be good defensively mm-hmm. like and work on that because that's not been something they were good in last year at all. Um, and with this Jazz team, I think record-wise they'll be good and they'll make the playoffs and all that, but they – they're a great overall team, like defensively and just like overall game, but they don't have a closer. And Donovan Mitchell hasn't stepped up to be that guy yet, and they're going to need him to be that if they want to get wins in the playoffs and win big series and big games. Um, so I, I don't hate this Jazz team, but I just don't see them uh, getting over the hump this year. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Jazz win by – I still think they win this game just because of how inconsistent the Pelicans have been on both sides of the ball. And just a better overall team. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Jazz by mm, – I'm going to say seven. Jazz okay. one by seven. Okay, so I said Jazz minus eight. You said Jazz, jazz minus seven. One thing just to uh, just to talk about the point you made about they haven't really found their closure. Donovan Mitchell, he's their guy. Um, we've seen it last year, and I think he's kind of you know developed in that role this year. He's actually had like a couple of game winners, one or two. Um, but I will I will uh, admit, and I do kind of agree with you that uh, it's just got to be more kind of consistent. Um, you know, consistently he's got to be Donovan Mitchell every time. Um, and uh, I think if they do that, I think you'll. I think the uh, in the clutch, if you just rely on him a little bit more, but uh, that'll be good as the uh, you know they go along. But one thing I will say is that his uh, efficient efficiency numbers, um, like in the clutch, haven't been all that great. So I think for them to win, um, like you know in these big games, like in the playoffs or something like that, that's something that's going to have to improve. But right now they're nine and four. They're going to be a solid uh, regular season uh, team. Just we'll see if they can you know turn into a, you know solid and a team. Solid playoff, a solid playoff team. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, moving on to the next game though, is the Celtics at the Sixers, right? Oh, you want to do that one first? I was going to do. Oh, uh, okay, no, I was going to do uh, Nets at Cavs. This is Kyrie's return, oh, like, fine, you, yeah. like you said earlier. Um, so he's making his full return to the team. Um, going to play alongside mm-hmm. Car- Harden and KD for the first time. It's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, and they're facing this young Cavs team who is how like. Is- five and eight, five and nine, six and nine. They are. Like why is that showing their record? I'm not. I'm not too positive on what they are they're they're six and seven actually my bad six and seven yep um so they're not they're not they're terrible seven seed right now yeah they're, technically. In, they're in the playoffs um but i don't hate this Cavs team at all i mean they've been playing six and seven is actually better than what we expect them to be doing colin sexton at this point. playing great yeah colin sexton extremely underrated guard um and, huge, and a big addition now. of jared allen now um from this yeah. nets team drumming uh, and, he, and he actually uh in a little uh, interview, he said how this uh, new Cleveland team he's on feels like the old Nets team, mm-hmm. like the super young one that had like the bench dancing with, with Jared D-Lo Dudley. And yeah, but like Jer- it was like Jared Dudley, the old man, like Spencer Dinwiddie and all those guys. Yeah. That's super like – and Karis LeVert, um, that like young vibe they had, although they weren't good, they were still a fun team. Bunch of I hungry, think- grinded out players. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, and then Colin Sexton's kind of like D'Lo, like you said. Yeah. Um, so I, I do see that comparison. Uh, they're probably going to have a similar year to that Nets team be pretty bad. But I, I'm impressed with what they've done so far. And then with the Nets here, I expect, although they're on the road, they're going to have to be favored here because of the literal three superstars that they've just yeah. now uh, assimilated. Um, 
sorry for the interruption. Uh, our mic actually cut out. But what I was going to say is that I'm going to have to take the Nets winning by eight here. Um, yes, yeah, I'm excited to watch this trio play. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to play well together tonight. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I've got the Nets uh, minus six here. Um, actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say Nets minus five. Uh, wow, pulling I, a champ, changing your picks. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I see this game being a little bit closer um, than what it should be on paper. I mean, we've seen as the season has gone along this year, the Nets, they've played uh, – they lost to the Hornets. They've lost to the Wizards. They've lost to these teams that you didn't th- that they shouldn't lose to, and it's been mainly because they lack uh, defensive play. They and also losing Jared Allen. Now I don't think they got better defensively, and they're not great defensively as an overall team. Now just to counter that, they have three All Stars. They have the best big three in the um, league, so they shouldn't have a problem against this Cavs team. I just think this Cavs team makes it kind of close because this Cavs team they're, they're nice defensively now. They just got Jared Allen from the Nets. Colin Sexton's a, a good defender. Andre. Drummond's a solid defender, and they're big too. I, you know, Larry Nance, Drummond, Allen. Um, they got big guys on this team. So Seti Osmond. Yeah, they, they have like they're like twin towers out here. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're they're huge. So they'll be solid defensively. I see them kind of keeping it close with the Nets, but the uh, Nets ultimately winning because they'll have too much offensive firepower. So I've got Nets minus five. You said Nets minus eight. Yeah, and so, uh, just to clarify with our lines, I know we already said this when we started off mm-hmm. uh, the NBA against the lines, but. We're not guessing it like an NFL where we're trying yeah. to guess what the odds makers or Vegas makes sets the line at. Like we're not guessing the line per se. We're actually guessing who wins the game and by what margin. So we're not technically guessing the lines. We're guessing how much the team wins the game by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it suits basketball a little better just because lines are a little bit weirder. In basketball yeah, it's not un- as, unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but for our next game, we have the Celtics at the 76ers. Yo, I'm super excited for this game. Um, this is going to be a playoff preview because we tend to face them in the playoffs, and sadly they tendly, tendly, they tend to beat us. <laughs> um, but this 76ers team, I think we're nine and five. Nine and five. I was about to say nine and six. Y'all are, yeah. you are the third seed in the East, and the uh, Celtics are the one seed. Well, because they're eight and four, they played less games. Than us. Yeah. But um, everyone is playing for us tonight. Um, actually, Jason Tatum will remain out for this game. Um, I do not know if Seth Curry is playing. He was the one player on our team who did test positive for COVID, which is why we had a bunch of people sit out because of contact, and we had to cancel a game. Uh, actually, our last game against the Thunder was canceled because of that, but this game is going to get played. Um, I'm taking the Sixers here. I'm just going to say it now. Uh, I'm what a pick- surprise. Uh, I'm picking us to come out of the East almost if unless this Celtics team does not start going insane, which they could, which I yeah. – I, it's going to be a toss-up between – not the Celtics, sorry. I didn't mean to say them. I meant to say the Nets. Mm-hmm. If the Nets team starts going crazy because if not, the, the, the Sixers and the Celtics are my two teams that I definitely see win in the East if the Nets don't. Like it's got to be one of those three, no one else. I, I don't see the Bucks getting it done this year. So this is really a chance for the Sixers. Our team is, hasn't looked as complete as it does until right mm-hmm. now. Like this is the best we've looked in four years. Yeah. Uh, five years. Uh, I'm super excited for this team just based off how our spacing is offensively. We've always been great defensively, and we've improved that even more this year. But offensively, we've looked fantastic, like I said. Yeah. And to the Celtics team, I mean, they have Jalen Brown, who's emerged as an all-star, which is something they couldn't have been happier with, uh, to compliment Jason Tatum as they're like super similar guys, literally a 1A and 1B duo, which is the best thing possible. Yeah. And then one underwhelming thing is Kimba Walker, the guy they went out and got, has been super – underwhelming and just not good he's yeah. been very mediocre and then the guy they trade away over a big contract is turning up over in charlotte, charlotte which kind of yeah. sucks for them but they they're still a good team yeah but especially this year more than ever i really like picking the sixers over them in years past with sixers teams 
I haven't wanted to, mm-hmm. just based off of different things, depth, lineup, uh, my, our team's offensive efficiency, our lineups, our yeah. uh, our health, uh, coaching. That uh, <laughs> exactly. We have Doc Rivers now. I, this is a year yeah. more than ever where if this Nets team doesn't figure it out, which I still think they probably will, they are my pick to win the finals or not win, to make it to the finals but, yeah. from the East. But if they don't figure that out, this this game is going to be a kind of a a prediction of the Eastern Conference Finals. Then, yeah, if things don't go how we may see, so big implications on tonight. Although Tatum isn't going to play, so that is a or big, tomorrow night. Yeah, it's yeah tomorrow yeah. night, which is a big factor. So we can almost like hmm, Sixers. Do I want to say double digits without Tatum? <laughs> I really want to. I'm going to say Sixers by nine. Uh yeah, I'm going with Sixers here too. I think they're uh they're gonna be hungry from last year. Uh, I changed that Sixers by twelve. Yeah, they have a bad taste in their mouth from last year playoffs, all that thing, and they've been playing solid all year, man. The addition of Seth Curry's been great for them, and Bead's been turning up MVP level numbers. You know, Jason Tatum's out for this game. Robert Williams is out for this game. Nah, he's back. Robert Williams is back. Oh, he is back. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is back. He's back from COVID. Um, but uh, J- Jason Tatum's still out, and that's a pretty big headline. Joel's obviously he's expected to play. Um, so yeah, I like the Sixers team over the Celtics um, just for tonight. Now, you, the, yeah, I was about to say, what do you think about in a series though? Like in a series, in a series, that's tough. Um, on paper, on paper, it looks like it should be the Sixers. Sixers just, I feel like there's more credibility with the Celtics team because they prove themselves a little bit more. So that's true. I agree. So I'd probably go with I don't know. I think the safer bet's the Celtics. I just like the Sixers like you do this year. I think the addition of Seth Curry and having more of that you know spacing on the perimeter and a guy who can actually shoot and put the ball in the basket and from Danny, the perimeter. Danny Green's been playing pretty all yeah, as well. Yeah, and too they you know they have guys who can shoot the ball. Danny Green was like nine and twenty from the three the other night. If he keeps that up, and then if Seth Curry keeps his play up, and if Joel yeah. Embiid keeps keeps his MVP level play up. This team's going to be hard to beat. I agree. They And they could even challenge this Nets team if the Nets can't figure things out with, uh, you know, that big three because the Nets, they don't have a good defense. So I, I wouldn't mind taking the Sixers all the way. I mean, I'm not, not, not going to get ahead of myself. Exactly, but this team, baby. I know what you're listen, doing, this, boy. Team, this team's playing good enough, and then when you keep talking about them, you know, you're like, oh, dang, well, this team's been like that so far. Oh, trust I me. Want we're, to see, very, we're very easy to talk. I want to see – yeah, right. I <laughs> want to see Ben Simmons take a shot, though, man. If he could unlock his shot, this team would be the best team in the East. I'm telling you. Really? You think that over Yeah, the, because – Because defense – yeah, we are – Think about it. It'd be a, the perfect duo. He's like a LeBron James waiting to happen if he could shoot the ball. He's exactly. already got playmaking. He's already an elite defender. You know, if jo- Joel Embiid seems like he's gotten his mind right and seems like he's wanting to play Joel basketball. Joel's MVP this year if we finish one seed in the East. Possibly. Which we could be one of the – LeBron we- James would win it if they uh, finish one seed in the West, the Lakers I'm talking about. He won it over Embiid. Whether he deserves it or not, I'm just saying. Wait, weren't the, weren't the Lakers the one seed last year? Um, Yeah, but it wasn't – but they gave it to uh, Giannis because – Guess who had the better record? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, who has the best? So if the Sixers have the best record, Embiid for MVP. A lot of things, a lot of things have to work out for their favor, and it's yeah. it's so far away. But just just talking about right now and the way the the Sixers team's been playing, I mean, they they just look they look really nice. Nine and five, they've been playing great. You know, some of their losses came from you know COVID concerns, but when they're healthy, I don't know if I'm taking a team over them, even maybe the Nets, because I said a couple of podcasts ago, I think their big three will end up working out and being solid. I just think it should just be like Katie and Harden. Um, or Katie and Kyrie. I don't think it needs to be all three of them. And then they obviously, defensively, they got to figure something out because they're not very good. So the Sixers team, they feel like the best complete team right now. And the Celtics are probably – 
are out there too. Um, but not, yeah. not to get off on a tangent on the East playoff picture like I have been doing, but I, I love talking about the East playoff picture. And <laughs> so for this Nets team, I want to see Kyrie as the facilitator. I, I just want to see, see him Same. be the faster. And then in crunch time, well, cause, actually, because Hardy can get his bucks. Can, or just see him be more passive is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say. So Hardy can get his bucks. KD will obviously be the one getting his buckets. And then in the crunch time of the game, obviously KD's your first option. But let Kyrie get it if he's hot because yeah. he is a closer and he has proved you that in the past. Yeah. Harden is no closer, not exactly. at all. I agree. So just make him in the corner for like the last five minutes. Let him be a spot-up three-point shooter because I know he can hit those. So just make him do that and not be the guy at the end. And I like this Nets team a lot. But I was going to ask you, so I think it was like last podcast. We've been talking mm-hmm. about NBA a lot recently. We gave our big three in the East. I said it goes at least just how I We predict. both said the same thing. Net Celtics, uh, Sixers. We said Sixers three? Yep. Okay. And then Bucks four. I'm I'm still st- <laughs> I'm sticking to that, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think the Nets will finish one, but I'm super excited when the Celtics are fully healthy, because obviously they don't have Tatum tonight. So I kind of pre-hyped this game up a lot. And then I had to de-hype it because I realized Tatum was out. Yeah. But I'm excited to see the Sixers-Celtics matchup like to play the Nets in what will probably be the Eastern Conference Finals because that's going to be probably one of the best series we see if, full, if both teams are at full health. Mm-hmm. And this year, if the Sixers can keep – what's going on right now, like at this exact moment, if they can just keep this energy and Tra- how we're Training in the right direction. Yeah, if this can go into the playoffs, Joel I'm, I'm not picking against Turn us. into a diva. Yeah. He's never turned into a diva. I know, I know. So watch I, your mouth. But Well, he's turned into like – He has faded in the playoffs, you may say faded at the end of the regular yeah regular season he's not been what he's at right now exactly and, I, and if if we can keep this i'm taking this over anybody in the east sadly i don't think it'll i think it'll end how we said last week uh nets celtics sixers in that order yeah but my wishful thinking really wants to pick us yeah uh i agree um i wanted to go back to something you said about the nets uh that's a good point about if Kyrie's hot, you know what? He's a better closure than uh, Harden. That's another thing that's going to add, I feel like, to some um, issues. Because right now, when you look at this team, you're thinking Harden's the second option, and you're thinking, you know, Katie's first, Kyrie's third. But in the crunch, in, in crunch time, I think I'd actually rather have Kyrie taking that shot over Harden. Exactly. But in like just regular gameplay, second quarter, first quarter, third quarter type of thing, whenever the game's like, you know, 59 to 58, I mean, I'd rather have Harden to get a bucket over Kyrie just based off of, you know, what we've seen. Harden's a better scorer. Exactly. Harden's a better scorer than Kyrie. But as far as clutchness goes, Kyrie's clutcher than Harden. So I feel like that's something that's going to be hard for them to work out as well because what if KD's cold? Who do you give the ball to? I don't know. And if there's that power struggle there, that's going to be hard to understand. But I want to see Kyrie be a facilitator too. But I think Harden's a better facilitator by nature. We've already seen him facilitating with KD on the court and he's had like eight assists, nine assists, stuff like that. He's been, you know, he's – I think he's a better passer than Kyrie, and I think Kyrie's uh, more of a craftier type guy. And um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Kyrie, he'd be a fine facilitator. I just think it'd work better if Harden's their main facilitator, and then Kyrie's kind of like that, you know, score. I don't know. There's a lot of different scenarios you can talk about with this, with this Nets team. We'll see how it works out. But uh, what was your question you were going to ask me with the Sixers Celtics? You said you wanted to I'll ask say me. I'll say who you're going to take in the series. In the series, um, both teams healthy. Yeah, both teams fully healthy. 100%. Um, based off of how they've been playing right now, I'm going with Sixers. Heck yeah, baby. What, how they're playing right now, based off of what what's the safer bet, probably the Celtics because of what they've proved in the past. So, that is yeah. true. But uh, what is your pick for the game tonight since we got off way on there? What, wait, what would you say? I said Sixers minus 12. 
You said Sixers minus 12. I'm going Sixers minus uh, six here. I, I see them winning. I think it'll be kind of closer, though. I think Jalen Brown will have a big game. Um, he's, he's stepped up whenever, with uh, even Jason Tatum on the floor, but he's another guy who's been very underrated this year. If you go watch our TikToks and stuff, I had a little uh, spill about him being better than Jason Tatum. Uh, he's just a more complete two-way player right now. He's a more consistent scorer than Tatum. Just Tatum's a better shot creator. So there's a lot of things to like about the Celtics team and with Jalen Brown. Uh, I'm going with Sixers minus six, though. You got him Sixers minus 12. The last game is my Blazers at home against the Grizzlies. I'm very saddened to say this. I didn't want to say this at the beginning of the podcast because I wanted to save it for right now. But C.J. McCollum right now is out indefinitely. Um, he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. He has a left foot fracture. Yeah, I heard. He uh, was at, he's averaging 31 right now. No, 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 no. He's averaging he's averaging 26. 26. He was okay. I misspoke. He was averaging like he was averaging up there, up in the 30s, up like 30 or something for like a span of a few games. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. That's right. I may have missed. That's right. But yeah, it was you're right. It was like right. 26. But, but uh, uh, I was gonna say we don't even have to guess. Say how much we think each team will win by because I'm picking the Grizzlies tonight. They got John Morant back. <laughs> My boy's vibing. Uh, you know what? Why not? I'm spontaneous. I like when the Grizzlies get hot here in a Sheesh. late night game. No one's watching. Yeah, let's let John Moran go out for a quick thirty and just. They're seven and six. Yeah, they're not bad. This Dude. Blazers team is uh eight and four. We're eight and six. Eight and six. We, we just lost to the Spurs yesterday. Um, yeah, losing to the Spurs ain't gonna do it, especially without CJ McCollum. I'm I taking know. the Grizzlies here. Our start. Our starting lineup right now is Rodney Hood, uh, Dame. Then you have Cantor because Nurkic is hurt as well, which sucks. And then you have. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. and then um, who's um, been who's been a little bit under and Robert Covington. So defensively, no, defense, defense, defensively that team's all right. In his canter, it hurts us uh, with Nurkic being out because he's not a great defender. He's a better he's better in the pick and roll in offense, but not um, but not defending the pick and roll. But as far as uh, our team goes as a whole. I'm taking the Blazers. We're still a better team even without C.J. McCollum than this Grizzlies team. Dame's actually had the most 30-point games uh, so far this season out of any other player. He's at eight. He's been balling lately. He's averaging um, almost 28 points per game, um, you know, doing Dame-like things. Uh, but, yeah, this team – it sucks not having C.J. because when Dame and C.J. were on the court this year, man, I mean, it'd be like 27 and 28, and the next night it'd be like 32 and like – uh, 30. It, it didn't matter. We were putting up like 60 points consistently on a given night just between those two guys. And I, I was thinking, man, this team's going to be hard to beat. We're looking like a, you know, a top eight team right now. But with CJ McCollum out, it sucks. I'm still taking us though. Uh, I got Blazers minus. It don't even matter. You can just take Blazers. Oh yeah, yeah. You said Grizzly. I just got Blazers here. So uh, yeah. Uh, to recap our picks, uh, well, I had Thunder. No, sorry. I had Nuggets winning by five. Payne had Nuggets winning by seven. Yep. I had the Jazz beating the Pelicans by seven, and he had the Jazz beating them by eight. I had the Nets beating the Cavaliers by eight. He had them by six. I had the Sixers minus 12. He had them minus six. Yeah, six. Yeah. And then I picked the Grizzlies outright against the Blazers. He's picked against my Blazers every night, and, and he's what? been and right what? It's worked. once. You've been right once. I wasn't right uh, the last time. The Blazers beat the Raptors. Um, last game, and then the Blazers will beat the Grizzlies, so it'll be two, two and one. But the Blazers should have beaten that Bulls team. Don't I, don't, I forget the record of our week one, but I'm pretty so sure mad. I won like four one. So like you won, we, you won three one, three one. So if we were to five games, yeah, because we had, a, I think we had a tie, and then we had a few ties in the week two. So if we were to total it up, it'd be I'm, five two. I'm beating you five two, yeah. So shut your in mouth, games. boy. In, and in I'm two and zero. Hey, but about to go. Three and zero. But what's funny is, say if I win every game this week, I'll be winning in games like seven to five. But I'll be down in the series. Yeah, I'll so. be winning every single game this week. Could actually be pretty crazy. Yeah, but it would be pretty crazy. Yeah, this has been the NBA part of this podcast. Now we're gonna take a quick break before 
deeper thoughts. Welcome to the third and final part of this podcast, the deeper thoughts part. Um, I'm excited to bring this back. We had a uh, revitalization of it last week, and we're going to be continuing to do more of it. Um, deeper thoughts is, like I said in the last episode, kind of a spinoff in our take on what Bill Simmons does in Parent Corner and Life Advice with Ryan Rosillo, two podcasts we love. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah, we really just ask some deep and thought-provoking questions. Payne asked them to me, and I kind of just give my answer off the top of my head and then we have a little just you know deeper thoughts discussion yeah so uh the first question i have for you chandler is how would humanity change if all humans life expectancy was it significantly increased let's say to f- around 500 years so that's a big jump it goes from about 80 85 to <laughs> yeah. 500 that's nuts um so i think a lot of like all the yolo stuff and you know a bunch of people just like taking big risks because you know we don't got much life to live I think that flies out the window, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously overpopulation with yeah, the amount of people that are still alive from 500 years <laughs> yeah. ago. Um, and then, so that makes the economy drop because right. prices of everything has to go down because there's more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that... The economy for that, sure, yeah. yeah. that would just be insane. And then... People's jobs. like I would say, yeah, like I was saying about the risk-taking, I don't think people would take as many risks because they'd be like, well, I mean, I shoot, I got another... 450 years ago, I yeah. can take my time at doing whatever said thing. Um, and also, it depends on people would age. Like, maybe if they would age, like, oh, super long time. So, like, 10-year-olds are, like, actually 80-year-olds. Yeah, that's what I was going <laughs> to say. Is like, how would the aging process work? Because now when you look at it, you look at a 40-year-old person, you like it, look at a 10-year-old, you look at an 80-year-old, and, you, you, and you're like, okay, well, I kind of know what a 10-year-old looks like. Like, when it, when it, let's say like 500 years is the equivalent to like what we we're saying, 85, if that's like the uh, age expectancy, would like a 10 year old, like right now, would they look like, you know, uh, in like a 500 uh, year expectancy, that type of life, would it be like the equivalent to like somebody who's 125? Like would 10 equal so, like 125? Yeah, similar to that. And like, uh, what would that look like? Would we look the same, you know, would like a 10 year old right now be like, oh yeah, I'm 125 years old. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It'd be something like that. Uh, and then would we be like 200? Yeah, I'm 200. Yeah, I guess we'd look the same as like 200 year old dudes. Like, yeah, we're pretty young, 200 year olds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, who knows? I mean, this is all kind of hypothetical. And then also going back to like the economy standpoint, I feel like they can make it work. It would just be like, Everything would have to like change drastically, like I think, gas prices, all the prices yeah. would have to go way down and stuff. I think overpopulation would be a huge thing. Yeah, just made, like actually, if life expectancy was that long, you got to think we're in the billions right now, and there's already some problems of overpopulation in mm-hmm. some countries. Um, not in ours exactly. Only like a, I guess a little bit you could maybe argue, just because like the ginormous homeless population we have. Yeah, just throughout but, the world though. Yeah, and so if you add that onto the whole world, there's gonna be a bunch of I'd probably say crime rates go up a ton oh, just because yeah. of mass murder in like countries that don't really have that great of laws that are like super enforced. People yeah. are just like, yeah, I don't really care. We're, we're taking off. Screw all these 500-year-olds. These 499ers <laughs> taking up this space. Yeah. We're, just, we're executing like all of them. I mean, people are going to be yeah. irrational if the world. So I, agree. I mean, we'd have probably – what would the population be? Probably like 20 billion? No, it's probably way more. Right now, it'd probably be no. It'd be way more than twenty billion. Oh, like like because we're at eight right now, and if you did people five hundred life expectancy, it'd be crazy. It and just based off our um, 
what what's the abbreviation? We learned it in school. It's the how fast we're like gaining people. Gaining people. Yeah, the, it's like one point nine per person. Yeah, like, per family. Do you know the abbreviation? I forget it. Not. Yeah, not it's, sure. it's something. But whatever it is, if how we're increasing, it's gonna be like it's gonna. Double. If it started today, like everyone's life expectancy was five hundred, we'd have like a twenty billion population in a few in like a year. Yeah, like I feel. I think like for a uh, average family, uh, per family, um, the. You know how many kids like per family is like 1.9 right now. You could see that go to like probably like 4.5 or something. Yeah, because people are dying off, so like the, they stay alive. Yeah, it'd be just, it, it'd be nuts. You know, it'd be a weird scenario. But I I kind of like the point you made about crime rate, crime rate and stuff. That'll definitely go up. Think about like let's say the economy doesn't shift. Let's say like you know something happens where the government just keeps the prices. Yeah, there, and, and the we, same like is now and then and we hit a deep uh great depression, depression. almost like Pe the same thing people will be going nuts in the street man i mean you'll have like dude they'd be like storming the Capitol. you'd have like four <laughs> <laughs> that was a very insensitive joke yeah, i'm sorry i know <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have like four different civil wars going on it'd be it'd be crazy man but that's dude, people are already trying to say we have a civil war going on right now and to be honest the political climate is uh pretty toxic on both pretty sides shaky, yeah, yeah Murky but war. to say this is a civil war an actual civil war would happen if we had 500 people like you know 20 billion 20 billion people, people just chilling around here yeah you just oh crap well imagine the per person the first person to live like 500 years old they thought oh crap what just happened i thought i was <laughs> supposed like, to die at 85 and they're like dang i'm old as crap yeah I, I mean that'd be nuts i mean that's obviously well we say that's never gonna happen but i mean who, who knows? knows uh but yeah some some medical fines to create life expectancy to grow like exponentially we don't know pretty deep thought we'll probably have a poll in some um shaper uh shaper form shaper form on like this question uh and uh, ask that on our uh instagram and the second question i have for you though is would things get better or worse if humans focused on what was going well rather than what was going wrong like what is going wrong i think it would definitely be better oh yeah uh, for sure because one thing is just human nature we look down on the negatives or not down we just focus on the negatives mm -hmm. over even any positives and we like to just you know be condescending towards ourselves and our outlook on others just, too yeah i'll look on our, ourselves and others and that's just part of the problem with the negativity we talked about like just in the world i mean we see we already made this uh brought this up a few minutes ago but just the political climate right now like republicans and democrats you can't be friends in some people in a yeah. lot of my mindsets of people I know and people around me. Yeah. You can't be friends if you're a Republican or a Democrat. It's, it's and I, I myself, I find myself more in the middle. Um, Same for but me. I don't like, I couldn't imagine someone actually having the outlook of, yeah, I'm a Republican. And then like, Oh yeah, this guy's a Democrat. I cannot be friends it's, with him. Like, or, or yeah. if I'm a Democrat and I'm like, Oh, that guy's a Republican. I can't yeah. be friends. with The fact that anyone can have that mindset is absolutely insane to me. But based off how just the political nature is yeah. right now, I mean, we saw with, all the recent events of just the of 2020 really especially mm -hmm. that's not in incredibly insane based off how some people have been acting on both sides no it's and i think incredible. It's, i think that shows a lot to just we're talking about the mindset of looking on the negatives i mean if you're a democrat if you're a republican th those people who are the the rebels on both sides mm -hmm. and are having the most problem with the other side they're really just looking at people on the opposing party and saying well we disagree on these political issues that, it, and it they, and they like, focus on those instead yeah. of the person, which is mm. absolutely stupid. stupid and for is. anyone to have that mindset is absolutely it's just, insane. And I, and I don't have any respect for them. Yeah, it just makes no sense to me. It's like if, say, 
you were Republican or say I was Democrat and, you know, we've been really good friends like our whole life. And all of a sudden I find out you're Republican. I'm like, oh, crap, I can't talk to you anymore. I don't like you based off of what? Like, like what? what? <laughs> like what, what What? just changed? You know, nothing. It's just a word. It's just a label. It's irritating. I, I, I agree. hate politics. I think, yeah. And just and just in general, like this, the questions asking, like if we focus more on the positive things instead of the negative things, would our life get better? I mean leaps and bounds it would man i kind of want to re relate this to like our age group and to like our generation you know we're 18 year olds stuff like that we're heavily involved in social media and stuff and i think social media is a great thing for a lot of things but then it can also be kind of negative in the sense like okay competition is a great thing in the world i love competition but then it gets to a point where you know people will you know they'll see somebody on social media about oh i want to be like them or something like that and then they'll go and look into their life and they'll find the negatives that hey i'm not ever going to reach that goal and then therefore your your self-esteem lowers a bunch of there's a bunch of negative factors that happens and just from that, and you see a lot of it yeah not because you're also just the comparing of like your likes on Instagram right. to someone else. And you're like, wow, I I'll never attain that. Or like you think I'm more liking this person. I'm better than them. But this person who has more than me, I'm not as good as them. Like the fact that people that has have, no value. Yeah, that, that's not real value. And people was, actually have, yeah. and we're saying these things. So like, well, obviously you wouldn't think like that. But like we said with the it, politics and having opposing side party views and not being friends with someone because of that, or whether it's becoming to like devaluing yourself and others through social media, that's people how it actually is. think it, like it that. Actually goes and it's on insane to me. We focus more on material things, whether uh, – instead of things that actually have value in life, you know, whether, you know, how you are as a person, how you treat other people, stuff like that. Like you said, you, somebody who has like a hundred likes on Instagram, you know, they think they're better than the person who has 60, but they're not as good as the person who, have, who has a thousand. But that's like, that has no value. Like, what does that, what does that prove? It proves nothing. It's just how popular, popular, popular you are and then there's there's so many different scenarios you can talk about politics you talk about social media you talk you those can talk two, about those are two of the ones yeah. that breed the most negativity yeah. i've really seen and, yeah it comes to my mind right now yeah especially um, politics with this being an election year yeah. that always happens with you know like the other side hating the other and there's like being a beef but none has been really as ever bad as it has been this year in present yeah. day 2021 with the divide between democrats and republicans and you're seeing the outlook on the world and people's personalities is a lot more just more judgmental instead yeah. of like inviting exactly. and caring. Like you can even think about it like in the workplace. I'm not saying this is true, but if I had to like take a guess on whether it is or it isn't, I would say it is that like, hey, you could have a CEO or a boss looking down on like his coworkers or stuff like that, thinking he's a better person um, kind of because, you know, he's in charge of them. And mm -hmm. it's it just it's all it's all kind of like a cycle. And I feel like it's more of something that's like uh you know, been brought on from politics and just stuff like that. It's just, I don't know, it's been crazy. But if we if we took the time to focus on things, you know, positive that, you know, we're doing and positive things that other people are doing instead of focusing on the negative, you know, looking too much time to, you know, watching the news and stuff like that. And, you know, because like, like you're saying, if we talk about politics, you know, all Republicans want to watch is like, their you know news program, yes, program all, all the people the democrats want to yep, watch is, is you know you know cnn or stuff like that i don't even know i have no idea what what the news channel is for republicans are you what serious you're that uninvolved i, I don't, I don't I, i've told you this i don't care about it because i i feel like all it does is breed hate and i mean all what they're doing is just when you watch the news the people on the democrat side is just talking bad about the republicans so therefore you're focusing on the negative yep. and in, instead we should just be lifting each other up and focusing on the positive so i think we both agree that hey uh, if we focus, took the time to focus on things that actually matter, things that are going to uplift one another, yeah, our world would 10 times be better. So, yeah. yeah. I was actually surprised you said you didn't know which one. Which, I don't. Which, yeah, Fox is the I, Republicans yeah. and then CNN is the Democrats. 
And uh, not to get all like we've just gone on a little bit of a political rampage <laughs> yeah. here, but I don't. Uh, I'm not on either side. I haven't um, lived enough life, and actually, I mean, I, I understand what's the policies. I was an AP Gov last year. Yeah. I, I know the difference between Democrats and Republicans and conservatives and liberals and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I do too. And I said AP Cup last year, AP Cup this year, mm -hmm. uh, AP US history last year. Shout out Mr. Gill, if you're <laughs> listening to this. Probably not, but uh, <laughs> Probably yeah. Not. So I, I know the differences between both and I uh, I see what sides and like which policies I fall on on like either side. Um, but I'm definitely not a Republican or a Democrat. Just it's because, not, it just because have to of, be black or white. Yeah, and, exa and the reason I'm not either is just because of how toxic the nature right. of both parties are and like the, the, divide. the divide and the amount of like looks you get on either side, which one you choose. And I just hate that. And I think it's I think toxic. it needs to be more about, and I'm not saying like anybody should like listen to me. I'm not trying to put any like, you know, trying to influence you one way or the other. This is just what I feel like I go by. It's just, I feel like whenever I, if I were to vote, I mean, I was eligible to vote this year. I, I wasn't able to because I signed up late by like two days. I didn't know I had. He was going to vote Kanye yeah. West though. Yeah, Kanye. <laughs> but no, but, uh, but what I, what I think we should do is, you know, just vote on, um, who's best for the job rather than just a party. I was saying black or white. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm Republican, so I have to vote for this guy every time. You know, if you're a Republican, and uh, I feel like the parties, it just shouldn't be like a big label. It should just be like Which who thinks the best for the country. There's a lot of people who are on either side who definitely share maybe some views. Like yeah. let's say a you're a Republican, and yeah, I share some Democratic views, but I'm a Republican. But you will be labeled and judged as a whole of the maybe some of the not so nice things of the Republican yeah. Party, and then vice versa, you're a Democrat who has some Republican views. You're going to be associated with all just, the maybe not so nice things with the Democrat Party. Yeah, and you just if you, I, if you took the, the, the party out. war, I, we got on a tangent on this, but the party war is the dumbest thing it in is. our country, and I hate it. Yeah, if you just took the labels out, I think a lot of this stuff would kind of just go away. And most we, people are middle-minded people, yeah. but sadly that doesn't get shown because of the extremists on both sides. Because like. Not every Republican candidate or person running for office is going to have the same values or stuff. Exactly. Everything's going to be different. Like, and same for Democrats. Like Donald Trump isn't going to be the same as uh, – who was the guy who just ran? Mitt Romney? Yeah. Isn't going to have the same um, you know, policies and stuff like stuff like that. So it's not so black and white. Like you could vote Yeah, for, like Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden yeah, are very, very different, different Democrats. You could vote for – One's more social screening and Joe yeah. Biden's a more middle-running Democrat. Like, you could have voted for Trump this past year and then voted for Biden this year because – or, you know, voted for Barack and then voted for Trump. And it's, and it's not like, oh, you have to vote for Mitt Romney and you have to vote for Trump. No, if you agree like in your heart more with this side or more with like this guy's values or what he's, you know, his policies more than this guy, then, you know, go ahead and do that. But I feel like maybe some people could be scared because they've already had that label. Hey, yeah. I'm a Republican. I have to do that every time. That's not how it has to be. Or, hey, I'm a Democrat. I have to do that, do that every time. So I don't know. It's just a lot of things. And yeah, it all, it all goes back to the question of uh, like whether we're going to have look for the positives or look for the negatives in our life. Mm -hmm. And that's really like when it comes to people who judge each other based off of uh, other things other than their actual character, yeah. and like, like a political party stance. Those people are looking at the negatives and judging instead of looking in at a positive light, which is what we should be doing. Right. And like you said, it would make leaps and bounds difference if we actually did that. For sure. So this has yeah. been a interesting Deeper Thoughts podcast. Yeah, very we got way more political and just like sharing our thoughts on all that than I thought. Yeah. But I like that because it shows our open-mindedness and how it's we, authentic. Yeah. And shows how we view things right now and just like the world of 2021. Shared we we just went through one of the hardest yeah. years of 2020, all yeah. this crazy stuff that's going on. Um, 
And yeah, hope for a better 2021. Hopefully everybody can focus more on the positives and the negatives. And we can come together as a country, not be so divided. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. United, not divided. We should make that like a hashtag on our whoop and shoot thing. Maybe not. Yeah, we'll make it. We're we're still a sports podcast, you guys. This is just something we do. (laughs) For fun at the end. For fun at the end. So, I mean, most people probably aren't even listening right now. Only the real ones, the real whoop and shoot lovers are uh, listening right now. Those 12 guys from the last podcast. (laughs) Appreciate it, bro. But But we're going. Exactly. Keep listening to the podcast. Make sure to check us out on all platforms, Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at whoop underscore shoot podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anything else to add, Payne? Yeah, uh, be on the lookout for our giveaway. We'll be posting a picture on that. um, On Instagram, yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, so peace. Peace.